0: And welcome back to Grassroots Marketing on Cannabis Radio.com. Right now, I'm going to speak with the founder of a Maryland-based cannabis education company, the newly crowned adult-use state of Maryland. And she runs a cannabis education company, empoweringly, empowering Marylanders seeking guidance in the jury to using medical cannabis. That company is Lucy's Natural Remedies. I'm here with Lucy Escudero. Lucy, thanks for being on with us.
1: You're welcome, Jorge. Thanks so much for having me.
0: My pleasure. Now you make the initial point about the mission to educate people about the health benefits, because you mentioned about how people are confused about medical cannabis and you have a mixture uh, background professionally of law, wellness and research, helping cannabis patients make sense of the current state of research. And you talk about how, you know, it's not just a question of which strain do you smoke it? Are edibles? Okay. Do you have to get a card? So initially, before we get into what brought you into the space, what is it about the education that you've seen that has been lacking that Lucy's Natural Remedies is trying to fill?
1: Well, first of all, I'd say there's two things that are kind of missing. Number one, there's this misinformation or this misguidance that the higher the THC percentage, the better the experience will be for the user. And we're beginning to see that that's not necessarily the case. Um, we have uh, cultivators kind of chasing that high THC coming in, the percentages as high as 30% when really your endocannabinoid system doesn't necessarily need that for everything that you're looking for. Um, and the other thing is that people are looking so much more at strain names rather than what the terpenes are. And rather than looking at just like THC or CBD, if you also look at the terpenes, which is what causes that that aroma in the plant, we're finding that that has a bitter I'm sorry, a bigger effect on your experience rather than just how much percentage it is of the cannabinoid. Now,
0: part of the thing, too, is that in Maryland itself, going to make that switch this year where they've added, added adult use or recreational, we might call it, for cannabis. They're going to be those that are going to come in and they realize they can go into a dispensary without a card if they are able to go and get something dispensed to them, that some of those are going to be chasing that high. And there's going to be those. And I imagine there would be a difference in the education for those that have a medical marijuana card. They want to get a proper dosage. They want to get it prescribed. You know, they want to have to go by the route of what they need for filling whatever affliction they have, as opposed to those that are recreationally just looking for the next high for themselves. Something to give you that real potential optimal entourage effect.
1: Yes. I love hearing you say uh, entourage effect because that's really what it's about. Right. Um, it. This is a plant. It it grows naturally. It has its own characteristics and items that we can't just kind of isolate and look at and what and and think that that's all we're getting. Um, there are these minor cannabinoids that we're learning more and more about, like CBG and CBC, that really have an impact on how, for example. Um, in neurodivergency, I'm actually doing a series right now with a colleague of mine on seeing how cannabis impacts people who either have uh, been diagnosed or have what we call peer-reviewed diagnosis of neurodivergency and finding that things like CBG and using uh, certain terpenes like pinene end up having a great effect on their um Characteristics or traits that they have with neurodivergency, like uh, anxiety or uh, emotional regulation. So when you're going in there for a recreational use, like there's there's that that weekend high that you know you're chasing, and there's nothing wrong with that, Jorge. There's nothing wrong with going in and saying, "Hey, Mr. Budtender, could you please give me something? I've got a party to go to." But we're finding that more and more people are turning to cannabis for things like uh, insomnia, um, anxiety, uh, diet regulation, believe it or not. Um, there's so many other medicinal uses for this plant. So, um, having a little bit of knowledge of what you're looking for is really important before you go into that store.
0: There's been a lot of studies talking about in terms of what users want to go ahead and prefer when it comes to what they like. So, your education, I imagine, would have to also kind of fit towards the demographic. From a headset, they talk about how older consumers generally prefer more traditional product categories like flour or edibles. Younger consumers prefer more pre rolls and concentrates, categories much more easily customized for groups' taste uh, than flour. And that the, you know, Gen Z, your younger demographic is really flocking the vape pens as opposed to what people that might be boomers or, generation x or anything like that and you know the younger generation z is actually the fastest growing age group as well 11.3 percent in the u.s six percent in canada so you're getting much more younger people coming into the space with a different palette as to how they want to consume cannabis how do you go ahead and deviate those demographics who comes in to go ahead and learn more well
1: i think education falls everywhere. Right. And if you're going into the, into the space and uh, when I worked at a dispensary, let's put it that way. um, What I would ask my, my patients when they would come in is what effect are you looking for? So you as a consumer, you know, if you're, you know, Gen Z or a boomer or Gen X or whatever, ask yourself, what effect am I looking for before you go into the store? And that'll give you kind of an understanding of what to look for. And I would, not ask, I would invite you to think about using a method that might be something that you weren't used to using in the past, right? Let's say you used to smoke, you know, joints when you were in college. And so that's what you want to smoke when you come in um, to the dispensaries now. Again, look at the effect, right? Because for example, if you're coming in here for help with insomnia, the problem with any kind of a combustible, like whether that's a concentrate, a vape pen or flour, dry herb, it has a very short uh, time of effect, right? It lasts basically about two, maybe three hours. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at something like an edible, that can last six to eight hours. It takes a little longer to set in, right? Um, So what I would always tell the patients is, okay, if you're coming in for insomnia, do like a one, two hit, right? Take a little bit of a combustible at the same time as your edible. So that way you can fall asleep immediately and the edible will help you stay asleep right? Um, then there's also thinking about how you're going to consume it, right? Because you can't sit there and light up a, a, a bong in the middle of a conference room or whatever, right? And let's say right. you need to medicate because you have arthritis. Uh, at that point, a vape pen might be your more discreet way to go or an edible. So um, d- don't be afraid to try try new things, Um I actually, if, if I can dive into a little side story, one of sure. my clients, um, I, I coach people on how to use cannabis responsibly and intentionally. And one of my clients that I've had for a few years now, she's been a, a a customer for my lozenges, my full spectrum hemp lozenges, but she recently had to have hand surgery and she's having issues with her liver. And anytime you're using an edible, your liver becomes involved, right? Because it actually... It, breaks down the the cannabinoids, and that's how you end up having an effect from it. So I had to steer her away, even though she's been using the, wow. the, the lozenges for three years. I was like, okay, I'm sorry, we can't have you. We're going to put a little pause on that right now, but let's talk about combustibles, right? And this is an elderly woman. She's like in her mid-70s. She uh, doesn't really smoke. She might she smoked cigarettes back in the day, but all the more reason why she didn't want to smoke now, right? Um, and we had a conversation about it and I explained the benefits, the pros and the cons. And, you know, I was like, we could do this or we could do suppositories. She's like, let's talk vape pens. (laughs) And so, um, the vape pen ended up being a way for her to medicate. And I was on the call with her and she took one hit. And within a few minutes while she was looking for a pen to write things down, I was like, Hey, so, um, how's your hand? And she paused and she said, Oh my goodness it doesn't hurt anymore, right? And this right. is somebody who had been very adamant against smoking, much less you know, anything with a THC product. But I knew that if we found the perfect combination for her, something that was going to have a high cannabinoid uh, dosage of CBG and a low THC level, she would be able to still have a functional day and not feel like she was dosed and drugged out mm-hmm. um, and not feel that pain. So, um, yeah. Now,
0: <laughs> one of the things that you can do when it comes to education is that you come from experience. Now, I'm go- going to the background, yeah, but you've been living with chronic pain. You had a car accident in 2016, first yeah. prescribed <laughs> opioids, uh, but cannabis you found more effective with fewer side effects. So, when you get a chance to personally have one on one conversations with that client and others, you know, how important is that to have that background to be able to go ahead and relate and let them understand, you know, you're not just, you know, making the, cons- you're not consulting just by what the research says, you know, it because you've done it.
1: I think it's really important, Um, but it's not just necessarily about my background because, you know, a, a pharmacist isn't going to have tried out all of their drugs in their pharmacy, right? True. They're, but they're going to know how it works. And that's how I I approach this, right? I've, I've done my my share of toking over the years and I found mm-hmm. a way to be able to use it intentionally and medicinally as a result of this car accident that happened. Um I was I was walking down the street and I was crossing it in Baltimore and I just did not see the guy and he oh, hit me while I was walking. Right. And so oh, lights, you know, like I saw that bright white light. I it time stu- stood still the whole nine yards, right? and i popped right back up um i i don't know what it was but i was very very lucky i have permanent damage and nerve in terms of nerve damage in my neck um shoulder and hip and lower back but i didn't break anything in this in the moment right it was it seemed at first like oh that's weird i just got hit <laughs> Did that my just God. happen? um but over time i started realizing the the chronic issues that i have from it and i still have to this day Um, and when I tried using opioids, it just, they just didn't work. They didn't take the pain away. They just made me feel extremely itchy and irritable. And I think having that firsthand information really does help connect with some of, with some of my clients, right? Some of them come in and they're like, okay, you know, I I heard from so-and-so that you're great. I don't need to hear your story. Right. But others are, once they hear the fact that, wait a second, you healed yourself from being run over by a car through cannabis and physical therapy. I'm like, yeah, it it can (laughs) be done.
0: (laughs) Right. That's, that's pretty serious pain. And for anyone to realize that, you know, we want to try to avoid so much of having to go and use that kind of pain management because of the possibility of being so addicted to those meds. After the fact, I mean, I worked at a pharmacy and remember seeing a number of pharmacists that always had to go and deal with the fact that you had those with chronic pain and, you know, doctors, they abuse the privilege using their script to go ahead and constantly and continuously not evaluate their patients, but continuously go ahead and prescribe opioids because it's just easy to just go that route and not even try to go ahead and break the cycle because some people just gotten so addicted to it, couldn't do anything about it. And it was really amazing the kind of rage that some people would have when they tried to go and try to get their meds either a couple of days early, cause they might've used it too much. And that's not the case with cannabis. I mean, you can just tell there's much different feel of pain management when you use this, you know, we're talking about the difference. I mean, when you did see the change to it, I mean, you know, it was more of where it's not trying to go ahead and just numb the pain. It's more of just really like alleviating it and going through much more than just like trying to just, you know, put a signal to the nervous system to kind of just, avoid the pain the pain keeps coming back but with cannabis is a different story
1: yeah no it's uh, a wonderful way that cannabis works let's take topicals right because that, that mm-hmm. was one of the main ways that i was healing my issues right uh if you take a full spectrum topical so it'll have a little bit of thc in there and it's legal under the farm bill you know it's it's 100 percent federally right. legal um you have that little bit of THC acting like a numbing agent on the surface of your skin, while the other cannabinoids, you know, predominantly CBD, lowers the inflammation. And when you lower the inflammation, that's what is affecting the pain, right? That's what reduces your pain. And if you start taking full-spectrum CBD, full-spectrum hemp regularly, right? Because you have this system inside of you, this endocannabinoid system that regulates inflammation in your body, you overall better improve your quality of your life, right? Because you're, it's preventative at that point, right? You're making sure that when you took that extra walk earlier that day, um, and maybe kind of twisted your ankle a little bit without knowing it, your body is already has the power and the tools to be able to reduce that inflammation on site. Um, so it's, it's a great thing. Now, I, I, I I do want to go back because in case my, my doctor is listening, I did have a a nerve burning that they did in my neck and in my lower back. So it was not just cannabis and physical therapy. There was, you know, there is a time and place for medicine, right? I, I feel like if we try to say that cannabis is the panacea and that's going to save everything, we're doing everybody a disservice, Right. This is just another tool that our doctors and our healers right now are unable to use under federal law, and you—it's like holding their and their hand behind their back. You're you're preventing them from being able to administer um, a healthy, high-quality um, medication and uh, overall. Sorry that I. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to finish that sentence there, Jorge, and I Yeah. No and problem. I didn't you want to just uh, let's
0: take a pause and then you go ahead and get, go ahead and finish the way you want to finish that.
1: Um by by allowing our our medical professionals to use cannabis as a tool in their belt, we're able to provide a better service for everybody at that point. So it's not going to be necessarily the solution for everybody. Um, right. But it is going to be a solution for many.
0: You know, it's interesting that, I mean, there's not enough doctors. There can always be more doctors that can find their way to go ahead and explore the benefits of cannabis. Obviously, there's a lot of research, like things like can a lot do. There was a guest I had on our Blunt Business Program that is a, that founded the Doctors for Cannabis Regulation, which is great. And they're all coming across and saying, okay, let's go ahead and, you know, first of all, they're trying to do things to make sure that there's verifications in all products with a particular cannabinoid product symbol things like that but also just to continue to educate and advocate for cannabis and if doctors are getting more involved to legitimize what's going on that would be great and to see them more come into the space now into the actual website and your products let's get into those so again the website is lucy's Natural remedies.com. Uh, you provide topicals bath products accessories and one of the things you've had since 2017 you mentioned already was Lucy's lozenges. Yes. And the idea is, so I haven't really heard anybody talk about lozenges, like you always think of them for cough or for sore throats. Uh, so, I mean, yes, you're, it's like, like almost like a great candy. You're just sucking on it. It's one of yeah. those where you just let it just, you just uh, yeah. let it kind of like just melt in your mouth. Basically, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but yeah, Talking about the idea of creating, <laughs> oh, dissolve. There we go. Thank you so much. So, lozenges. Tell me the idea about going with this and uh, the flavor for pro- the palette you went with them.
1: Sure. So, um, the lozenges just came out out of a personal need. Um, when I first moved back to the D.C. area, I wanted to be able to to medicate throughout the day, and I couldn't really do that in a in a corporate building, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, edibles. I'm going to have to start learning how to make my own edibles, and Um, My family is from Peru, and uh, this recipe is over 200 years old, and it comes back from the first homeopathic um, business in Lima, Peru, Um, and it's still actually alive today. Our family doesn't have any affiliation with it, but we had a whole bunch of just different recipes and homeopathic remedies that were passed down through the ages. And this came from my grandmother Um, and I modified it because, you know, at least the recipe I had didn't have any hemp products in it. Maybe the original 200 years ago did when, you know, people were using cannabis as a medicine all of the time. But um, I altered it so that you're able to medicate with it. Um, Little extra knowledge for people. If you want to make an edible, make sure it has a fat soluble in it because otherwise the bioavailability um, is not as effective and you're not going to really be able to process that edible and the cannabis and digest it and feel that, you know, the effects from it. Um, So I altered it a little bit. And uh, yeah, this started back in 2016, right around the car accident. Um, and in 2017, I, um, went ahead and tried out for the national cannabis festivals, canna tank, which is like a shark tank uh-huh. for for cannabis businesses. And they thought it was a great idea and I won and I thought I was going to make THC cannabis, uh, lozenges at that point, right. but it wasn't meant to be, um, having a THC business is very, very difficult, even in a state where it's legal, um, and so at that point I turned to hemp um, and the flavor palette originally, the original flavor had all sorts of ingredients in it, like lemon, ginger, uh, a little bit of uh, eucalyptus in it, honey, like the kitchen sink. It was awful. was <laughs> <It's> not palatable <laughs> at all for me. Um, but I wanted to make this kind of a nod to my grandmother, Lucy, and for me, when we would go visit my family in Peru, it would be kind of like the end of the, the uh, summer season and going into winter, or sorry, of the fall season and going into winter. Um, and so there wasn't really much left in her orchard, except for a couple of raspberries. And so I had to have a raspberry flavor, right? Um, and the rest just kind of fell organically, right? So we started with the lemon ginger, and then went to raspberry, and um, Peppermint is a really good flavor for people who don't like that herbal taste because there is going to be still a little bit. Um, Those are the flavonoids. It's good. You want that in there. But if you don't really necessarily want to taste it, I would go with either the lemon ginger or the peppermint. Um, The orange was a reminder of just like those lollipops that you would get as a kid. And the lime flavor, the key lime flavor, um, kind of developed uh, out of the – There's no. In 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 Lima, Peru, we saw we call it Lima Limon. It's kind of like a a nickname for the city, which means uh-huh. like lime Lima, right? Or lemon Lima. Yeah. Um. So I went with a a Lima Limon kind of flavor, but that doesn't really roll off the tongue. Lo- Lucy's lasagna's Lima Limon is just too much. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, Let's go with key lime instead.
0: Interesting. Now, yeah, and the palate very interesting. The fact that the flavors you have for lemon ginger key lime orange raspberry and peppermint and also different sizes where you have where if you want to just yeah you know i'm one of those that you when you have to go and buy lozenges for colds or whatever you buy like you can buy like the small little pack or you can buy the 75 pack that you have so it's like <laughs> yeah. definitely have all that also vegan and gluten-free wonderful to see that and
1: thanks yeah i also wrapped them um the the bags are not uh, biodegradable, but the wrappers are. I spent about seven years living in New Orleans uh-huh. and uh, saw many, many Mardi Gras where they would pass out the beads during the parades, but they would have them wrapped in these little plastic bags. And so after every parade, there would just be just thousands of plastic bags making their ways into the gutters, into the water systems. And right. my background is I'm I'm a water attorney, right? I, I used to focus on the quantity of water and trying to help with, um, with, uh, street flooding and water management in the city of new Orleans. And mm-hmm. so when I found out I could get these wrappers that are biodegradable, I was like, okay, I'm not encouraging you to litter, but I know my conscience is clear <laughs> happening happen to drop one of those wrappers on the side, but there's, um, the 10 milligrams, uh, strength and then the 30 milligram strength. So, um, If you're just looking to kind of supplement your diet with a little bit of CBD, go with the 10 milligrams. If you're looking for something a little bit more for like migraine management or insomnia, I would go with the 30 milligrams. Right. All right.
0: Well, leave it there. Again, the website is lucysnaturalremedies.com. And once again, Lucy Escudero has joined me, who is the owner of Lucy's Natural Remedies. Thank you again for making them join us and really best of luck.
1: Thank you so much, Jorge. Appreciate your time.